Why is Jay bringing up OSHA? Why is Jay bringing up OSHA? <laughs> slime. Are we slime? Yes. <laughs> she was ready to just It's all good. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna trademark that. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah, man. Just like just like start off um went from a was it a podcast to a conversation? Right. Yeah. To being a broadcast and some compensation. <laughs> you know that, that should nice. be trademarked yes. as well, yes. too. Trademark that too. Yeah, man. So shit, man. Y'all about ready. I hear somebody typing over there. Wow. Somebody multitasking for real. <laughs> Which yeah, you she's, she's you plugging away. She is. Your head's still, but your fingers are moving. We know. Yeah. And we can hear. <laughs> we can, Here we go. We hear so I just put the other uh it's because the other earpiece was right by the anyways, moving on. Okay. Let's roll. <laughs> All right. So we'll get started with a little bit of uh motivation and then we'll just get right into the show then. Let's do it. Ten sentences you need to hear at least once in your life. One, people aren't against you. They are for themselves. Two, climb mountains. Not so the world can see you, but so you can see the world. Three, you learn more from failure than from success. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. Four, the most dangerous risk of all is the risk of spending your life not doing what you want on the bet. You can buy yourself the freedom to do it later. Five, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Six, the person that you will spend the most time with in your life is yourself. So you better try to make yourself as interesting as possible. Seven, if you accept your limitations, you go beyond them. Eight, people often say that motivation doesn't last well. Neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. Nine, everyone you meet is afraid of something, loves something, and has lost something. Ten, comfort is the enemy of achievement. Yeah, yeah, let's go. The BLC starting off a little motivation. What's up? Motivational Sunday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Let me stop. Yeah, just we're, we're, we're not airing this until Tuesday. But I just yeah, thought about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Motivational Sunday, y'all. Uh, <laughs> restart. Let's end the recording and restart. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna keep this going. You know, these are the artifacts that you know years years from now. People we'll want to see this episode and be like, yeah, remember that one time Tremendous Sunday? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? <laughs> Man, life is good. Uh, let me see. I, uh, I did the age filter on like, uh, I think it's TikTok or something, whatever, man. Yo, scared myself to death, man. I look terrible. Like, I'm, I'm going to have to like do everything I got to do right now while I'm cute because I'm not going to age well. This is bad news. I started rethinking all my health decisions. I'm like, I'm going to be a vegetarian. I'm going to lay off the cigars. Like, I got I to make some changes because old me was not as fly as I am right now. And I just can't have it. Go ahead. 
So I personally support being a vegetarian. After all, I'm a pescatarian. For those who don't know what that is, is a vegetarian that eat fish. So I support that. I'm kind of upset that it scared the hell out of you, you know, your progression and <laughs> scared the hell out of you. It's like, and it's, yes. it is spooky month. So, you know, that's funny as hell. But <laughs> Ooh, it was tragic. That was tragic. Yeah, no, listen, I, I can totally relate with the whole getting older thing. I mean, I'll still I'll still be fine when I get older. But, yo, I had to get a colonoscopy. I mean, this is not stuff that you probably want to talk about on a podcast. But, you know, for those of y'all out there, especially black men, listen, we got to take care of our health, health as wealth, right? Mm -hmm. So you turn about 45, you got to go get your colonoscopy. You know what I'm saying? And I think the other one is like your prostate exam. Um, I remember one time, right, for those of you who know about the prostate exam, if you know, you know. And um, the dude was like, yeah, you know, you're going to get a digital exam. I'm like, oh, shit. They, done, they got some new technology. Digital exam. <laughs> they, they <hired> <laughs> and, and, and I realized that this was a digit. <laughs> this was a digit. I felt so Gross. violated. Um, <laughs> he didn't even take me out first. You know what I'm no. saying? I didn't even get dinner or nothing, right? So, but I had a colonoscopy this week. Um, and for those of you who know, the worst part about the colonoscopy is the preparation. Like the day before, you can't eat. It's like a clear liquid diet. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm not trying to scare nobody. You got to go out there and get it done. It's mm -hmm. the best way to like prevent um, or to be aware of potential colon cancer or whatever. So 45, go out there and get it done. But I went out there and the, the, the day before, it was horrible, right? You can't eat. It's a strictly li liquid diet. You got to take a bunch of laxatives. So you can imagine what like my whole night was, right? I was hungry. My mouth was dry, right? You can't even sip anything like four hours before you go. So I finally go. I get there. It feels like I'm waiting forever. They had to stick me five times to like find a vein. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. they got to do like the whole anesthesiology thing. I'm hangry at this point, but I'm holding on for dear life. There was two black women. And I love black women. So... I was just trying to hold it down. I'm like, beep, why are you going to stick me five times? Right? <laughs> oh, man, long story short, yo, oh, I was so glad to get it done. Everything worked out. But, uh, man, go ahead. Go out there and get your colonoscopy. I was thinking, like, misery loves company, which is why I'm encouraging men to go out right. there and enjoy me in my misery. But for real, though, it's something from a health perspective we got to get done, y'all. So that was my week. I am so happy to be on the other side. Uh, I was like, thank you for that exceptionally detailed account. And yeah, uh, yeah. so I, I guess I had to, I guess I had to, well, the digit, the digit. Oh, yeah, that one. So um, I think I had a, a better week then because I was in Florida. Then I was in Baltimore with the Fix the Crown Book Club. And I was in Florida, though, for InfoSec. And so while I was tired and exhausted from traveling back to back, I did not experience that. So, yeah, um, health, your health is your wealth, no matter who you are. Just remember that. Facts. Health, health is Facts. So anyways, let's see. I already get the show started. You know what I'm saying? Enough about me and my colon. You know what I'm saying? Pause. Semicolon. Anyways, let's get right into it. Yeah, I was trying. Colon. That was pretty good. I was pause, trying. semicolon. I got it. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I understood where you was going. I understood where you was going. And I was like, but I thought we were getting it started. But okay, go ahead with your semicolon. I mean, the hate is real. The hate is real. Um, anyways, listen, the first thing we want to talk about today, if anybody out there is as much of a Tupac fan, I think there's only one artist I felt like I could comfortably 
say that I was a fan of was Tupac Shakur. Mm-hmm. I already know um, he was shot, murdered 27 years ago, I believe, um, in Las Vegas. And uh, this past week, apparently, they finally arrested, I believe his name was, what was it? Dwayne Keithy Keith- D. Pussy? No, I'm just playing. Right? <laughs> mm, that part. Uh, we'll get there in a second. We got, we got, we'll get there in a second. Uh, but apparently, like, this guy has been going on vlogs. I know he's been on Vlad. He's been running his mouth in regards to his involvement, his entire situation from a very long time ago. I believe he even wrote, like, a memoirs or whatever. Many of us who's followed the situation, seen mm-hmm. the countless number of reenactments in movies based off of this tragedy, probably felt like he had something to do with it. So what do you guys think about the fact they finally arrested Keefe D uh, for the murder of Tupac Shakur? That's enough. All right. So I'll, I'll go first then. So um, actually, I'm just shocked that I took this long. Like, it was no secret to me. I felt like from the jump that he was the most logical suspect and everybody else was red herrings. And so for them to finally do it, especially since he kind of been low-key snitching on himself, right? So he was quiet for a minute, but then after 10 years, he started kind of snitching on himself, and but yet they still didn't have no leads for another 10 years. Like, oh, well, this was happening, this was happening. But I will say this, um, yeah, I'm excited, um, even though it's justice delayed, but it's still justice. You know, I, I, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about it. First off, if you've seen any decent like documentary about the Tupac murder, then you probably should, but we're looking at, at Keith D too, right? Uh, so the fact that it took this long for me is, that's more interesting to me than the fact that they got him in the sense that, why now? Why are we talking about it now? What is it you don't want us to be looking at that you know now Tupac comes up? 27 years, 27 years, and at least 10 of these, everybody has pretty much known who it was? Come on, man. I think I think that, What's likely to happen is that Keith D is the first domino to fall. Uh, I think that the larger story will unfold. Um, and I think that while uh, Keith D was the first thread they pulled, I don't think that he's the the, the particular string they're actually gunning for. You know, <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, Not the ringleader. Not the ringleader. That. We got you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, mean, I mean, I mean... I mean, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. No, 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 man. That's that's basically it. I mean, like, I'm happy that 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 they're they're moving on it. Wish they had moved on it sooner. The timing mm-hmm. makes me suspicious. Makes me want to search the news for what else I should be reading that I'm not reading because I'm reading about Tupac and Keith D. Go ahead. Well, I feel like the authorities in this case was like, I thought I told you that we won't stop. I thought <laughs> I told you that we won't stop. No, but I agree with SM, man. Uh, I think, but but the, but Jay, the things that you mentioned, I feel like has always been out there for a very, very long time, mm-hmm. you know, especially after the murder, whether or not um, you know, they found something uh to be able to charge him with that was different than what they already had. I mean, I feel like we knew very early on what happened, right? All the reenactments had the white Cadillac, and he's the only surviving member of the four gentlemen supposedly who were in who were in that car. And like I said, man, he's been all over TV telling himself. I got to say this. When I see old people telling on themselves on the internet repeatedly, it's like I can't really blame the young people because it seems like, no, no, because we see young people telling on themselves all the time. 
like recently um Nicki Minaj's husband was on a street corner somewhere threatening offset or whatever mm -hmm. now he got to do house arrest for 120 days why because he had to be on somebody's internet you know what I'm saying threatening somebody or whatever so um or just talking too much people tell on themselves and I mean listen I think Keith B was out here telling on himself the entire time I thought it was a young man's thing apparently it's not but go ahead <laughs> so speaking of Keith D telling on himself real quickly did you see the Mike Tyson uh, where Mike Tyson apparently was like if I had a minute with the um, Tupac killer that's all I need is a minute and Keith D was like I only need a second I was like dang he about to well, add to the body count he didn't want that he didn't want that smoke he Keith did not want that smoke with Mike Tyson <laughs> he said he only needed a second though the trigger long man. enough to pull the trigger I'm right saying. it doesn't take as long now listen, man. You know Iron, Iron Mike is just a name. He's not really Iron or Bulletproof. No, 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 no. Mike Tyson versus the gun. I take the gun. I'm just gonna say the same thing. I was like, KPD was ready to add to his body count. That's all I'm saying. If they were in the same room together. So speaking of body count, what do y'all think about this Britney Renner situation? Well, hold on real quick, because, you know, we were supposed to play the clip real quick. So yeah, I'm going to just go ahead and play it real quick. You know, see, see, hear it straight from the Britney's mouth. How about that? So yeah, you were saying yes to them. You were asking the question. <laughs> what do y'all think about this um, this particular reaction? <laughs> or matter of fact, just the whole conversation between the two of them pertaining to her body count. Well, I'll say this, right? Because we literally was just talking about the body count conversation literally. on the last episode of the Black Lives Matter podcast. And matter of fact, since I forgot, and please forgive me, y'all. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how we're supposed to get us your private. So my apologies for not saying that earlier. Smash that like button and share button and, and subscribe button. It's Speaking of smashing, yeah. Um, you see, you know, you know, <laughs> on my on my on my on my, you know what I'm talking about? Like, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know this was a two-seater. Well, have your moment, man. Have your moment. <laughs> <laughs> No, but okay. So the clip. No, so we're having a conversation about body count. Um, shout out to Brittany Renner. I think she's a great interview. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see her interview. She is definitely entertaining, one thousand percent, and she's cute enough or whatever. But, um, I mean, I've heard the conversations on both sides. You know, of course, Shannon, I think, was responding in such a way that an older man would think that a younger woman should not be moving. That's what I got from his histrionics. You know what I'm saying? Of course, they were exaggerated. And of course, you can say, well, come on, Shannon, you've been with X amount of women. But I think even men who are with a lot of women still have expectations of women to be a little bit more virtuous than them. And I think his response was trying to say, wow, that seems like a lot. And some people argue that if she's in her early 30s, it's not a lot, right? And so she felt like she was being honest. Do we believe her? Because we always say we don't believe people when they tell us but part of her persona is how transparent she is, right? So I don't know. I thought it was a great clip. I thought it was an interesting interview. Shout out to um, Shannon for getting that together. And, um, you know, shout out to Brittany. I'm sure she'll find somebody who's going to want to be with her or whatever. But I think discretion is the, I don't know what the rest of that phrase is. And I just think that, uh, you know, it's cool to have these conversations. But, you know, in real life, it shows up differently when you're not Brittany Renner. That's just my thoughts on it.
Esna, what do you think? Because I got I, I got pieces on it. Go ahead. So, um, first of all, I was just going to say, if she's 35, I believe that's how old she said. She was 35, right? And um, if she, let's say she started having sex at 16 and she had two guys a year, right? Six month relationships. It was like, technically, it's a little bit more than what that would have been. So maybe 2.5 guys a year. So I think that Shannon reaction was an overreaction, like the multiple shots. I just thought he just over-exaggerated, um, particularly considering that, like you said earlier, Nick, he probably had hundreds of women. I won't say hundreds, but he probably had very, very many women. And I think that it was, I don't know. I felt that it was his reaction was a slightly over-exaggerated, outdated. And we're assuming that once again, that she wasn't in relationships with half the people she slept with. We're assuming that these were all one I think she stands. said that, by the way. I think she, she said, said that it was that half of them, She said, I think half of them might have been like one night stands. I mean, you know, some of them were, but go, but, but please continue. But assuming saying that, that some of them we're were, but assuming please that all her relationships, when people say 35, you're assuming that, oh, she had 35 one night stands or drive by reaction relationships or whatever's clever versus some of them she could have actually been in committed relationships and that added to her body count as well. At the end of the day, I thought it was um, Shannon's re reaction was funny while over exaggerated. And I also thought that sometimes there's some things you just don't need to talk about. There's some things that you don't need to put out in public. And I think she has a child, too. And so I'm just curious as to what does she think her child would view this as later on, just depending on the environment that her child grows up in. So I would have been like, less is best, as in keep your mouth shut. So it's funny because this really is like a callback to our episode last week, right? Because I recall saying in the episode, the body counts are relative, right? So while Shannon is taking four shots and squigs or whatever, because she said 35 and he's having a hard time washing that down, Rick Fox is sliding on in, in Instagram and social media. He's like, yo, I'll be number 36. Mm, Facts. Shannon one. was hoping to be that one. He probably was. He probably he probably thought he'd be closer to 24. Maybe that's why he got intimidated. I don't know. But <laughs> my point is, one person's high number is another person's, oh, you good. You know what I mean? You just out here moving. So, you know, shout out to her for, for owning her number, if that's it's affect her number. And frankly, if it's not her number, shout out to her for feeling like she could own 35 and rep it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so a lot of people wouldn't claim 35. I'm not mad at her at all, at all, at all. And I think it does go to show, like, you know, your story is your story. It was, it's what makes you unique, right? And so own your story, own you. Because even if it was it's filled with mistakes, if you can come behind and say, listen, this is what I've learned from those mistakes, and those mistakes are valid, and they're a valid part of your story. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't whitewash that. Don't, don't. Matter of fact, speaking of which, speaking hold of whitewashing stuff. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay, I gotta say, huh? Wait. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got to say this though, right? Because I, but we just got to be honest because we can't just all be kumbaya that for some people, they legitimately can see 35 people as a high number of people. I don't know what kind of quasi math um, SNM <laughs> was doing, but the idea, I don't even know what's worse. Like, that you had 35 air quote relationships or that you so-called had 35 just that. that no, let's say it's like weird. Let's all, say she goes to a swing party. All I'm, all I'm saying is right. Cause what? I was listening to another podcast and, and everybody can be kumbaya 35 is not a crazy number. For some people, 35 is a crazy number. Yeah. There are going to be women out there and men out there. I think 
I don't even go as far as to say that for a majority of people, they will look at it. If we took a poll that a majority of people would say that 35 is a high number for a woman to have, especially the older you get. Like literally you'd see the chart where it'd be like the young people like, no, there's nothing wrong with 35. Then you have the 30, 30 year olds and a shade would change as you get older of the number of people. But if you took all those people collectively, a majority of those people would have said that 35 was a problem. I disagree. Okay? I, mean, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Not I in this age of free. We have to have a poll. We need a poll because the we're bell curve poll. goes the other way. I think when you're younger and you got 35, it's like, dang, you're 25, you got 35? No, no, no. Like, I'm what? talking about the perception no, of the person who has 35, well, not the actual I'm person. Saying even if, I'm saying even if you're younger, right? Yeah. At the perception of someone who has 35 at, at an age that is lower than 35. Same age. Be, Nothing huh? changes. It would still be judging Brittany River right. at 35. And okay, each a young age group oh, you're saying would be able to judge whether a 35-year-old woman had 35 bodies if they thought that was high. And, and what I'm saying is that the people along that grade would judge that same woman grading differently. Young okay. people would be like, oh, no big deal. But as you got a little bit older, women in their 30s, early 30s would start to have a problem with it too. You know, by the time you got to 40, Here's a large people, that's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying if she went to if she started at 20, okay? Let's see if she's you know starts at 20 and she has a, a relationship and she only bangs one guy in the relationship per year till she's 35. Okay, right? That's 15. Okay. Then she may have let's say she gets invited to <laughs> are we doing this man? No, I'm just saying, let's <laughs> say she gets invited to make it realistic. Wait, wait, no, let me finish. Let's, let let's me, put it let realistic. Me, she gets invited to some Christmas parties and they happen to be orgies and there's like five guys at each Christmas party. Okay. Oh, I'm just saying. Right. That's realistic. Okay. So, so I don't know about so, the orgies. About the orgies. I'm saying, I'm saying you can you can run up your body count in one night depending on where you choose to party and hang out. You feel what I'm saying? It's still just one setting. Right. So if she meets a guy, I don't think people are doing that work to kind of, I don't think people are doing all that math in their head. They hear the number 35 and there's, I think the majority of people will still think that's a little bit high. And you know why? That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Y'all, y'all spoke you to know why high. I think it's high. That should be okay. All they think I'm it's high because their numbers low. That's why I think or it's high. Because they faking the front and they now trying to perpetrate that there's somebody who they are that, that they mm, never were because let's not forget the free love of the sixties. So come on, these old people who's complaining about her body count. I don't think we got to demonize people for having a difference of opinion, right? I so agree. if you guys feel like 35 is low, great for y'all, sophisticated, worldly people, right? But just because somebody else is like, yo, that number is high, it doesn't require your judgment as to what their motivations are. For some I'm, people, that number is high. And the other part to that too, and the other part that I also want to draw home is the fact that men have, we all have double standards. So even if Shannon Sharp slept with a thousand women, Right. Doesn't mean that he thinks that women should equally be able to sleep with a thousand women. Now, if he wants to be like, well, I slept with a thousand women. So a fair number for women should be 500. OK, you can make that argument. But no matter That's how many point. bodies that he has, he still can reserve the right to look at her body count at 35 as being high for her at 35. Listen. That's all I'm saying. Everybody can reserve the right to look at anybody's body yeah. count, however they look at it. I'm saying the glasses that you view it through are your, is your own body count. And so I say, for that reason, it is relative. And so one person's high body count is not another person's necessarily body, necessarily high body count. That's what I'm saying. And one person's low body count is not the next person's low body count. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's but I'm not. I'm, I'm. I am going to. I am going to push back on that because 
because you I don't think, think you're I, part no, of this majority. No, only, that, no, no, because the, the, <laughs> no, the point that you made was that you think that people look at other people's body counts through the prism of their own body count. Is that not yes. what you just said? Yes. yes. And I'm saying I disagree with you. Okay. I think people can independently look at someone, how someone else moves and then acquires a body count independent of how they look at it themselves, right? People have the ability to not have to only look, oh, so I'm a virgin and I could only look at it through virgin eyes in terms of my expectations for how other people show up. I don't think that may be the case. I'm just saying that's not always the case. People can independently look at body counts independent of their own. I can have a thousand bodies and still think a person who has 30 bodies, right, is a bad look. That's independent of mine. They can. That's what I'm saying. And I think but, I, I'm not saying a majority okay, of people do that. I'm not right. saying a majority of people do that. No, I'm saying I'm not saying a majority yeah. of people do that as far as looking at it independently. What I'm saying is that a majority of people will look at 35 as a high number. That's the only if you disagree that you think a majority of people will look at 35 as a high I number, that's the only pushback I have. <laughs> yeah, my, my pushback is I do not think yeah. you can claim the majority says that 35 is a high number. Uh, I like to I'm going to lean towards that so as we well. Took a poll. I don't think it, okay. we should do a okay. poll. I don't do think poll. a lot of people okay. will say that right. 35, especially Thank considering you. all the factors that we just stated. And in addition to that, the fact that we have an entire generation that's the city girl life, you know what I'm saying? And how people accept that. So right. I'm going to lean towards, I don't think the majority, it may be age-based, like you said, Nick, but if it just depends on who we polling, we can poll folks viewers, who watching. Listeners, subscribers, and other mentors, please, please share this, repost this. Let's get this, this, uh, this, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do you, I'll this do you poll. one better. I'll <laughs> do you one better. I'll do you one better, right? So, we're gonna clip this piece right here. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to the, the Black Lives Chatter podcast. If you guys think 35 bodies from a 35 year old woman is a high number, please vote at the poll below and we'll love to see what your thoughts are. Is that good? Can we roll with that? And why? And I'll cut that, and then we can add a poll. It's a little argumentative, but I, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna, I want to move on. I was I'm gonna let it go. I said 35. No, no, 35. no, 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 no. The question was just 35 as a number. I don't think we. I mean, I don't, I, we were I, talking I, about anyway. a 35 year old woman, okay. which was right, Brittany fine. River with 35 bodies. How is that this, different? This, that was just this 35 for seven year old. Come on, this brings me to my next topic. Okay, next thing I want to talk about, and that is this. Okay, so if y'all are familiar with Drea, uh, Drea has a solution for Brittany, and Drea's solution is you should erase your wholeness. All right, wow. just, just, mm. yeah. So we had we talked about this too last week in terms of the body count number. How do you know it's a legit number or not? Mm -hmm. Person just make up a number and give it to you. So apparently, uh, there's someone in favor of this. We have the clip. Can we play the clip? Yes, and this is. It, this is about erasing. You have an iconic phrase. I feel like you could delete your fitness. Have you ever like explained like so? What does that mean? Yeah, I still stand on that. Yeah, like I still confirm that because yeah, like you may have been a hoe back in your day. You may have slept around a bit, but like if you find that one, you're so no. So what makes it deleted? You just don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. After so much time, it goes away. Mm. Whew. All right, I'm gonna jump in first and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna send my piece in the hush and rest. All right, real talk, real quick. Um, I am torn on this. On the first part, I want to agree with Drea, okay, and say so that we can all continue to evolve and refashion mm -hmm. ourselves, 
That's part of the great beauty of life and waking up every day. It's like a new life. You start over, fix what you didn't do before, all that good stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's the basis of Christianity, right? The belief that you can kill off the old version of yourself and be reborn as a new version of yourself, right? People do need to be able to, to reinvent themselves, particularly when they see errors in their character that they feel like they can improve or that that particular frequency of action is taking them on a vibration they don't did. I'm all 100% in favor of that. My problem with that is that it does give a license for people to just completely rewrite their history. It's one thing to say I'm a new person. It's another thing to say I'm a person who never did certain things, right? I know a young lady, a lovely young lady, knew her in college. She was super, super duper friendly. And uh, and I knew her, you know, very well. And some of my friends knew her very well. And, uh, come, and I, I checked in on her later on on Facebook. She's not like a, she's the first lady now. You know what I'm saying? I'm completely in favor of that. Like, you know, that's the direction she want to take her life. You know what I'm saying? She went one direction. She, I, you know, anyway, my point here is, you know what I'm saying? I would never want anyone to recast her as the person she was back when I knew her and overshadow who she is now. Right. So that's fine. Delete your wholeness. But if you reinstall it, I think you should only get one delete. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't like delete your wholeness, like your, like your search history, and then you go back to the same site again and then look at it again and delete your wholeness again, right? You, I, I don't think that's going to work. So the, the concept, I think, has some merit in us just growing as people. But I think the way that the, the execution of it, the way it's being positioned right now, I, I don't think this is the way. This is not the way. Go ahead. What do you think? So you know the saying, once a hoe, always a hoe? And you can't turn a hoe into a housewife and all the things that originate with the with the whole connotation. Right. And so when we talk about hoes and I actually don't believe in hoes, to be honest, unless it's being used for the garden. But um, so I don't know. You, you don't, don't you call men hoes sometimes? Don't you? Don't you? Well, the argument is that if women are hoes, then men are hoes, too. If we're going to oh, call okay. women these derogatory terms, then we're gonna okay. also going to call the men these derogatory terms, too. So it's like so, you don't believe in unicorns, but men can be unicorns too. <laughs> what I'm saying is if we're going to use the language, okay, then cool. we're going to apply it to everybody. It's All not right. just going to be one-sided with the language. Sorry for yelling. Please continue. <laughs> so I was just, so basically these sayings and whatnot are rooted in where I think people are saying, oh, you can delete your wholeness, right? Because like you said, there's supposed to be a, a possibility to evolve. There's supposed to be a possibility to elevate. There's supposed to be a possibi possibility for growth. And so when we talk about growth, like what about the women who decided to go celibate, right? And they may have went celibate for multiple reasons, but a lot of times they go celibate because they got tired of being um, so sexually active and wanted to reevaluate themselves. Or they go celibate because they decided that they wanted to choose a new path in life. Or even some men are now going celibate because they say they want to go focus on getting the bag or focus on their, on their careers and so forth. And sex was distracting them from that. So I think that if we, so in a way, even though she said it in a, well, we'll just say the, the way she said it, delete your wholeness, while it sounds like, no, you can't do it. But technically that is, that's exactly what people are doing. They're reinventing themselves. They're growing, they're developing, they're moving into a new space in their life. And I agree that just because you were some way in the past, I don't think that should take away from who you are in the future. And if you're that person in the future, you shouldn't negate your past because your past is what made you who you are today. Wow. Yeah.
that was profound. I mean, I think you both uh, certainly um, didn't really leave a lot of meat on the bone, right? In, in the in the profound area. <laughs> so, so that's a disclaimer, right there. I do, I do appreciate y'all, you know. Um, but the thing that's funny to me, right? So, if somebody believes in the concept of hell, right? Would that involve body counts? But that's just another question for another day. Like at what point or what actions make someone a hoe in the first that's place? That's what I was I think, asking. Oh, no, 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 right? Because for those people who don't, who don't think a body count is a thing, right? So maybe the bar is 35. So I think, if, again, I'm building a case Nick's here. Nick's not letting it go. <laughs> no, no, I'm speaking to my point, right? So I'll let y'all speak. I'm speaking to my point, right? So my point is, is that maybe the number is 200. Right? Is that number satisfactory? But I think if you believe in the whole concept, you believe that it maybe involves reckless sexual behavior that would deem a person a hoe. So that person now wants to delete their wholeness. But I think you'd have to acknowledge that there's a, a wholeness to even be deleted in the first place. And she said her answer was we just stop doing the whole thing. Like she's like, what do you mean? You know, you just stop doing that. Right. So I got from that part of the clip was saying that you could just stop being a hoe. Right. But the idea of deleting your wholeness just didn't really comport because to you guys' point, you had a history of being a hoe and you just want to forget it because the truth is a lot of women do that. There's a lot of women out here who believe in the concept of deleting their wholeness, meaning that they will not tell the truth about their past. They will hide their past. They will bury their past. They will go somewhere else and re-exist, reinvent themselves. It's like the whole protection program, right? Where they become completely different people. Come on, y'all. And that's how some people believe deleting your wholeness is, right? It's not taking responsibility or accountability or being open and honest and being transparent about your past and embracing it, right? The same way that a reformed drug addict would be open about the fact that they're a reformed drug addict, right? Not because they're seeking anything from you, but part of their truth or part of their healing is to be honest about who they are and deal with people in the most honest way possible, right? But there's a lot of women who believe that you can delete your hoeing simply by lying, you know what I'm saying? And reinventing themselves. So again, thank you guys for those profound words about how somebody can grow and evolve. But you know what I'm saying? This idea that you can be lying and omitting your wholeness is exactly what Drea was talking about. And it's exactly what a lot of women do. Right. So anybody else want to touch on this topic before we continue? Uh, I want to go ahead and give you a thumbs down on the fact that you just put a blanket statement about women lying about their wholeness. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that thumbs down. Um, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't say that. all women. You're not hearing me say all women or even most women. I said women. There are women out there. Like y'all want to pretend to paint things rosy and then y'all leave nothing on the bone for me but the dirty shit. And then I got <laughs> so, so you said oh it's our fault all that you're yeah. the toxicity. Women, all, these, all these women out here. It's our fault. He's the bad guy. Evolving. It's okay. You know, I Where's your accountability, sir? And now she's a first lady, and you know, I don't want that. I'm like, that's beautiful. Uh, that's like, real. That's, that's real. Really and to be honest, so, uh, low key, a lot on, of first man. ladies got them type of stories. A lot of pastors got them kind of stories, too. Facts. I mean, facts. Listen, anything, apparently, anything goes when it comes to hoes. But tell me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, this is, this is a, this is, there's no relation to this next story. Because by no way, shape, or form am I calling Ebony K any type of guard utensil, but she just happened to be next on the docket. So please forgive me if that was a tough transition, <laughs> right? Okay. I just got to say that up front. But shout out to Ebony K. You know, the last time we spoke about Ebony K, right, I'm really trying to remember because 
you know, she was talking about her journey and I was remarking about how when women make tough choices early on or just maybe not the best choices early on that they find themselves having to make tough choices later on and wouldn't know it. Apparently she listens to the podcast or something, right? Everything can't grow if you out there. I see you, boo. Right, appreciate, <laughs> but, appreciate the follow. Thank you. Thank you, you know what I'm saying. But Ebony K was out here speaking the gospel uh, this weekend. Let me see if I can find a clip. Shout out to to Ebony K. Let's see if we can see what Ebony K talked about. The reality that needs to be said out loud is that as black men age, their desirability increases. Thus, their optionality of women is always expanding, and the exact opposite is true for black women. Mm -hmm. As we age, doesn't matter how much money we accumulate, our degrees or professional accolades, the reality is that our marriage and partnership market value is depreciating with every passing year. No matter how good we look, no matter how fit we are, men are still seeing primarily our presumed dwindling fertility as a knock against us. And speaking of fertility, that is another reason that I want younger black women to seek marriage and partnership in college or right after, if that's what they choose. Because the number of college-educated black men is so low when compared to black college-educated women that we're all going to be targeting the same small pool of men. Now, I don't, I don't want to, you know, get too much into the last part because that was her with her nose looking down at black men. I don't know if you noticed that she did that. And that wasn't even her agreeing with me, right? I wanted to put that first clip because that was her agreeing with, you guessed it, Kevin Samuels. <laughs> you know what I'm Ooh. saying? Like sexual or relationship marketplace value. She was saying what Kevin Samuels, God rest his soul, was saying for a very long time in regards to how older women lose value over time. Nick did not say that. So don't get mad at me. Don't get triggered at me. That was Ebony K and the late, great Kevin Samuels saying that. But I also do want to play the clip where she agrees with me in regards to when you make poor choices early on, you find yourself in difficult choices later on. Go ahead and agree with me, girl. And by the time you reach my age, 40, you will be faced with different choices relating to life partnership and motherhood. Now, I'm not saying that delaying marriage or motherhood is a bad option, but it's one that comes with its own consequences. And our women deserve to know on the front end of their decision-making instead of on the back half. So my question to y'all, because I think sometimes I'll be right in the future. The people watch this episode in real time. Shout out to the girl who was mad at me on social media when I first did the episode, right? How you like me now? <laughs> so my question is, how does it feel? That's right. I'm going to get all into my sassy bag. So how does how do you guys feel as my co-host that I was right and Ebony K uh, admitted as much on her show? What do you guys thoughts about what you heard? Oh, I'm not prepared to answer the question about how I feel about you being right. I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the take we were taking on it. Um, but no, uh, Nick, I, I, you know that's why I like talking to you because you you do make points. It can be a little toxic sometimes to some people, but uh, you know it's usually reasoned. And I think that that you drew a, a obvious conclusion that Ebony had to come to herself when she kind of extrapolated or played out the things that she was saying. I think that. Um, what she has done, though, is address a symptom and not really address the root cause. Um, I think that in this elitist approach that she takes to dating, 
she realizes that uh, Anna leads dating and, and career, right, for women. This path that she has charted for them, I think now she sees that it has them on this road to spinsterdom, right, or, or, or this planned uh, single motherhood thing that she's doing now. I think she sees that, that you know, while she's been touting her path as the path you should take, uh, it's, it's got some clear dangers, right? Um, I do think she has a point. I do think that college is a great time to, to meet the person that you might marry and build your life with. You guys are both clearly goal-oriented. You're both, you know, on your paths. You're both trying to, to do the sacrifices to build for a future. And you're both now at, at probably the closest to ground floor that you'll be. So when you build with someone, you know, you're building with someone who isn't here just to enjoy all of your labor, right? Which is, I think, what a lot of men run into is they're older and more successful. They're like, look, I built this all up. So what I'm not going to do is get with this, this woman who may be just as successful as me, but I still have to jockey for leadership and I still have to jockey for respect and, 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 and for the, the, the head of the house and this and this and that. So I'm going to go get me a little younger girl, right? Somebody who, under, who if she is not, it, while, she, while she may be yielding to my um, professional uh, achievement over hers, she's also now yielding to my, my age over hers, my wisdom over hers. And, you know, there's fewer dynamics to fight over. Um, the question that raises for me is like on this Ebony K journey that people seem to be on, where does that leave the women who aren't in college, right? And then what advice now does she have for these pipe piperettes that she that who are past that age, who already graduated, they were on their mission, on their bag, listening to her, they out here in these streets now, and now she's telling them, oops, I forgot you should have got a do when you were back there in college. Mm, thanks, Ebony. Way to bury the lead. Essendon, what do you think? So I don't think they're necessarily listening to her, the ones who are already out of college and was focusing on their back. I think they're listening to their mamas and their grandmamas because there's another old saying where white women go to college to get a husband and black women went to college to get an education. And I think so it's the mothers and the grandmothers who push that, hey, you go to college, you get an education because it was part of that strong, independent black woman narrative that has been pushed on us from at least from my perception, since I came out the womb. And so a lot of women end up following that advice, not necessarily Ebony's advice. So she's coming to her, to this conclusion, basically not to say that Nick was right, because that was a hard pill for me to swallow the way he phrased it, right? <laughs> he was like, so what do you guys think about me being right? Right, right, right. Didn't say right. that though. I, that, Jesus, and, so but he did. He did say it, and because that was part of the conversation about her now being forty, trying to have a baby through the incubator process, so to speak, and not having her value has already went down, and she's looking at being a single mother. And so, the issue wasn't. I don't. And to be honest. I uh, hate talking about Kevin Samuels like that. I will say Kevin Samuels had some good points and this will happen in regards to marketability. I don't believe our marketability goes down, but the desirability, right, may have an effect. And do those two correlate? Perhaps. But there's a lot of education, even if you're educated or whatnot, there's a lot of value in older women, especially when we talk about younger men who are gold digging and looking for older women, sugar mamas to take care of them. Mm, and so, but point. I do recognize that it wasn't an Ebony K issue per se. What it was, was a, our mothers and our grandmothers 
push this on us as part of that strong independent woman narrative that tended to be a stereotype to our detriment. Like we embraced it and then we embraced it to the point of our detriment. Oh, I'm, listen, we got to listen to the moment of accountability, you know what I'm saying, in ways that women recognize that other women have led them down a path that may have been detrimental. Who would have known? Like, I think we should take a little moment real quick. Of Now, I get it. You know, you guys didn't want to, you know, give me my kudos <laughs> as begrudgingly as it might have been. But the thing is, like, I wasn't even speaking of anything that was, like, prolific, to be honest. I think, you know, you just recognize that life has consequences, you know what I'm saying? In her particular situation, she talked about it and, and the circumstances of that situation. So I wasn't saying anything that was that profound. I, I just think it's difficult for people to hear it. So, yeah. um, and, and I don't mind saying it sometimes because I get to spend an amazing hour and some change with y'all talking about talks. So <laughs> kudos to yeah. MDK. Appreciate you, He's sis. Like, no you know what I'm saying? Kudos That's to myself. Glad. This could be a really <laughs> really good conversation now, to get to really good things. Now you're on the same page. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, speaking of um, walking things back, uh, some people have different feelings about Usher, you know what I mean? And his Super Bowl, he being chosen for being chosen to be the person for the Super Bowl. Uh, they were trying to get other artists, you know what I'm saying? But once his name got out there, I don't know if nobody else wanted to do it, I don't know. But now it's Usher for the Super Bowl. Uh, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I honestly been uh, un unmotivated, unimpressed by a lot of the Super Bowl halftime shows lately. Um, I'm hoping Usher does something well. I mean, does something exciting. Maybe he brings out some guests or whatever. Um, I do hear he's learned from his mistakes. Uh, he, he, was at a, he was doing a concert, and um, Gabrielle Union was there, and uh, Dwayne Wade was there. You know what I'm saying? He started doing his Kiki Palmer thing. He was going to serenade. He saw Dwayne. He was like, you know what? I'm going to pick this girl. And uh, so, you know, <laughs> I hope he takes that same wisdom to the Super Bowl and uh, minds who he chooses to uh, serenade and do it so he don't get piled on. Uh, but that's about it. You know, that's just, I don't think he's going to do that at the Super Bowl, Jay. I was thinking there's that. There's like tens of thousands of people there. I mean, uh, you know, it's great for stage. a residency, a little intimate show, but I don't think he's going to be doing that there. Like I will you in say the stands. Though, yeah, yeah, like, but no, nah, not from the stands. Pull somebody from the from one of one of the uh, majorettes or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like just set it up, huh? You know, set set it up. What do you think around seven o'clock <laughs> on the dot. You think <laughs> right? Seven. Um, <laughs> run across, run across the field. That girl. Um. So first of all, this is Usher, motherfucking Raymond. Okay, Usher, you know, as we affectionately call him. Um. I think it's gonna be amazing. He has hits on hits on hits. Um, I do agree with you the last few years have kind of been underwhelming. The whole uh, West Coast thing with Dr. Dre was cool just for the spirit of it. Um, Rihanna was pregnant last year, so that was kind of a little bit of a letdown. Not that she was pregnant, but some people felt like they didn't really kind of get the energy that she normally gives, although I don't know. Um, but I heard that the, the, the bar for him is going to be, what's the, what's the Bruno Mars? I heard the bar for him is, can he exceed Bruno Mars? I heard Bruno Mars was like the last guy who really did his thing. And of course, you have legendary performances like Prince when they actually was purple raining and all that. So I don't think he has to kind of reach that bar. But as long as he goes out there and performs his little heart out, uh, Usher is going to be he's going to be great because he's him. He's one of him. So let's, let's stop playing and put some respect on his name. Just just real quick. Y'all know they don't get paid, right? Yeah. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. He's, a, he's dropping an album it's that same day. Exactly. Yeah, he's dropping an album that same day. His brand new album, from what I heard, is going to be released that day as well. And they usually get bumps after the Super Bowl mm -hmm. in terms of sales or streams yeah. and stuff like that. It's a good look. It's a global look. But as to know what you think about Usher. 
So as a performer, Usher is a performer 100%. And so I think he can bring it to the Super Bowl. Um, as you know, he continued to dance his ass off at the tender age of what? I think he's, what, 43, 44 now or somewhere along those lines. And so I think, me? yeah, I think he's... Um, <laughs> you want to look it up? <laughs> Questioning life choices now? You giving up? Yeah, the entire thing. Right. I guess I got caught up. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he's going to bring it. I think that it was a, a interesting selection, an unexpected selection. And um, and while I did enjoy Bruno Mars, I think he could potentially get to that level. I think, Jay, for you, your last exciting Super Bowl was probably when Janet, Janet. Jackson had to – I knew it. <laughs> But get it, but get it though. I actually missed it. I actually was looking away, getting some chips and dip and stuff when the whole thing happened, and then and the replays just didn't do it justice. But that was like by far one of the most exciting halftime shows I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah. So, so basically, I think Usher can do it. I think he got it. I think it's going to be explosive. I think it'll be a and not to um, say anything negative about um, Rihanna. I think she did an excellent job, especially considering that she still was somewhat dancing and performing while she was fully pregnant. It wasn't a little bit pregnant. She was fully well pregnant. And so I give her props for that. And so I think Usher's going to bring it. So. I think it's going to be interesting. As a matter of fact, I might even watch the halftime show. I really hope there are no wardrobe malfunctions this time. I really, really do. Except wow. it's in the right spot. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I said no wardrobe <laughs> malfunctions. You heard me. Yeah. Um, wow. Let's just let's move right along. To this. Let's get to the main conversation. I don't know. Yes, SM, you were saying. Right. <laughs> so. All right, then. So speaking of couples, you know, and throughout this whole conversation, for the most part, we've been focused on women, right? From the body count conversation to when folks should get married or uh, what type of decisions they should make early on in life. Otherwise, they won't have tough choices later in life. See, Nick, that was me giving you your credit right there. Bam. And um, so my question is, why, when it comes to dating, the focus is mostly on women. I swear I can't go past one podcast that does not focus on women. And yeah, should it be? Yeah, and matter of fact, to that point, let's, let's check out this little quick clip, right? This is an example of what we're talking about. This is woman on woman right here. The, the weight of what we have to carry as black women is too heavy to carry by ourselves. And we are not doing a good job at carrying it. <clears throat> the majority of us are overweight or obese. You feel me? Because of stress and all this that we have to do, we don't have the adequate time to do things that we need to. If we had someone there with us, we would be able to have utilized more time and then they'd be able to hold us accountable. It would just be better. The majority of us are overweight. The more educated we are as women, the higher paying jobs and careers that we have, the more likely we are to be alcoholics. It's not working us trying to do it by ourselves. We're more depressed than we've ever been, people in general, but especially women. And women who are successful, and that seems like an oxymoron, right? You have all the money, you can buy what you want. You don't want for anything. Then what is wrong, what's missing? You know, people think just because physical needs are met that we're good. Well, I don't need this because I'm straight physically. I have food, I have a housing, I have a car. But how are you doing mentally and emotionally and spiritually? Like that side of you is deteriorating and dying because we yeah, so that was one example of a sister feeling like she's speaking, you know, out to other sisters, right? So I didn't want to go ahead, Esther. You want to re-ask that question because I wanted to give a little bit of background on why we're asking this question too. So once again, why, when it comes to dating, the focus is mostly on women, and should it be? And do you agree 
that most of the conversation today is on or about women and their behavior, what we should accept, what we shouldn't accept, and how we can move forward. Yeah. I believe- so so real there. quick, then. so one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation, right? Because you know, in behind the scenes conversations, I know SNM noticed that a lot of our conversations, especially since the last episode, talking about body counts, Ooh. and even like she mm-hmm. mentioned, um, the stories above, we talk about women. Right. So I thought it was important for us to really talk about it. Right. Because that clip I played is one of many that we see. Right. If you really think about all the different clips that we that we send each other, um, whether it's on IG or whatever, there's a lot of conversations. Right. If you think about some of the biggest names when it comes to like social media, for example, from Kevin Samuels um, to what's that? The Just Pearlies, uh, you know, um, the, Formerly the fit and fresh. Yeah. All these different, you know, platforms, they are, have made a name, are making a name and had made a name off of talking about women. So I just thought it would be a great conversation for us to have. And so I'm glad SNM uh, voiced that concern. And I'm sure women out there are thinking the same thing. So yeah, well, go ahead, Jay. Oh, uh, no, I'm just going to say, um, I think the conversation is being had on both parts. I do think we hear more about the conversation when it comes to women, primarily because we're already told that women are the main consumers uh, in our in our economy, right? Mm-hmm. Consumers of goods and consumers of information. Um, they're just kind of more unplugged. And there, and there are more women, like uh, biologically, anyway. There are more women than men, typically, in most uh, demographic circles, right? Um, so the women re- represent a larger consumer base. Now, all that marketing and, and whatever aside, uh, women have uh, placed themselves in the position of being the, the um, initiate for dating, right? It used to be that women were uh, out there living their lives, doing whatever they were doing, uh, and then a man would come along and this man was searching for a woman and he would pick the woman that he wanted. So the onus was on the man to go out there and hunt and find the woman that he wanted or whatever in the search. Then women decided we can do it just as well as you can. I'm going to go and do and choose myself. I'm going to do some choosing. Choosing initially was the thing that, that the men did, but then women were like, I'm going to do the choosing. Well, now that women have taken this proactive role in dating and they're going to now be out there and take the role of the hunter, so to speak. Now they need these classes on how to hunt and what to hunt and when to hunt. Right. And now there's this education that has to happen on this grand social scale to to empower women or make them more effective in operating in a social construct that particularly in our Western society, they weren't operating. in. So now it's like school for women, dating school for women. Everybody has to go to school because your mama couldn't teach you this because your mama wasn't doing it. Or maybe she was and she was the first generation. So she wasn't good at it. Right. Um, no, anyway, so I digress. Let me keep it short. My, uh, I do think there's a lot of attention toward women. I think it's because women are consuming this information and because women are, are proactively now taking the role of the person who is seeking and choosing a man. Well, so just out of curiosity to follow up with that, when you said that women are now the hunters and we chose to become the hunters and whatnot, I was ready to say, but didn't Kevin Samuel say you guys are the prize? That y'all should be technically hunted? Like we should pursue you guys and then bring certain things to the table. So first did off, the men co-sign on women being the hunters? First off, Kevin Samuels is not my daddy. I don't agree with everything he says. <laughs> okay. Secondly, secondly, um, men are not the prize. 
because men were not the thing that was supposed to be won. Women were supposed to be the prize. Women were supposed to be this thing that had these certain virtues and characteristics, not things, but women were supposed to have these, these virtues and characteristics that a man who knows himself and knows what he's looking for and knows what he needs in his life to accomplish his purpose, right? Then finds a woman that complements that with her virtue and her characteristics and her traits, okay? That's the way it was supposed to go. Now, whatever, for whatever reason, Kevin Samuels is like men are the prize and people latched onto it. Men are not the prize in my estimation. Now, me, I'm the prize. I am. But that's because, not because I'm a man, it's because the kind of man I am. You dig? So <laughs> I think subjectively there was some truth to what he said. I think objectively, uh, just having a man, just having a man does not accomplish anything. That is not a win just because you got a man. Because if you got a man that don't do nothing but sit on the couch and just draws in his socks and, and game all day, and never does anything for you, doesn't bring any money in, doesn't help out the house, doesn't watch the kids, and all he does is work on being a professional gamer one day, then yeah, you got a man, and hopefully he's got some good D, right? But I don't really know if that's a prize. Because if it's not making your life better, then what is it making your life? So uh, that's my pushback on that. Nick, your response? Make um, so I... <clears throat> So the question is, you know, do we do I think it's a lot of content being focused on women? Absolutely. Uh, for the reasons I think Jay stated from a marketing perspective, um, it's no secret that when Kevin Samuels was doing content for and towards men that uh, he wasn't getting the same type of attention that he was getting until he started doing content for women. So I think there's an aspect of that from a marketing standpoint that makes sense. Right. Let me make sure that I can really hear me on this one. Um, <clears throat> but if I but. I'm going to suppose a couple of scenarios. If you have two bodies laying on the floor, um, one of them is visibly in more physical distress, right? Um, looks like it's more towards the brink of death or lasting injury. You would most likely go towards the person who is um, in worse shape, for example, right? I think that's just that just makes sense, right? Um, <clears throat> if you had two people who were a threat, one person, for example, had a knife and then the other person had a bazooka, Right. Who would you be more likely to pay attention to? Probably the person with the bazooka. Right. Because they can inflict, you know, more harm. You know what I mean? Or if you were in danger and you want to save somebody and there was Superman and let's just say regular old Nick, who would be more likely to pick? You'd be like, man, Superman has more ability here. That's why the conversation is focused around black women, in my humble estimation. Right. I think they require more attention for the same analogy that I just gave you, in some ways, when you hear about how bad the dating experience is out here between men and women, I hear women complaining uh, a lot more than I do men. You know what I'm saying? In, in terms of the distressed analogy, two bodies laying there, right? Women are complaining they're having really, really bad experiences out here in these streets, right? And of course there are men too, but I think when I, they're, they're both in distress, but one seems like it is in more distress, right? And it also has the damsel kind of in distress energy about it too, that, you know, people are going to naturally want to gravitate because men does, do not get the benefit of like that type of empathy in their dating experiences, right? Right. Mm. Then you have like, <clears throat> they say men are the gatekeepers of, of relationships, but women are the gatekeepers of sex. So, you know, 
which comes first typically right <laughs> you know what i'm saying a man is after sex you know and the woman get keeps that in exchange she wants relationships right so i think <clears throat> in a lot of ways women are in a powerful position so it makes sense to talk to them like y'all have a lot more power than y'all seem to accept responsibility for right so it makes sense to say hey you with the bazooka over there <laughs> you know let me talk to you more than the guy over there with the knife <laughs> you know what i'm saying <clears throat> and lastly i think that is as much as a man as a man is as hard as it's going to be for me to say you know there's a perception in our black community that we're under a matriarchy that black women have been holding it down, right? Men have been killed and taken off the cotton fields, right? The crack epidemic and women have had to hold it down, right? I think even the good brother, you know, uh, was Dr. Umar talked about the responsibilities of men. I think, in fact, SNM, you sent me a clip yes, about that too, right? Thanks. Right, <laughs> right? <clears throat> so we can't deride how black men have not shown up, right? And not also then have to give some kudos to how black women have shown up, you know, have be, been caretakers, right? Right. So if that's the case, right, if 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 a lot of this is low-key being ran by black women, anyways, it would make sense to talk to them because they the boss. You know what I'm saying? Except, Those are my reasons. <laughs> except the problem is, at least to me, the problem is if you're talking to black women, like the last clip, she spoke in such a way that it wasn't necessarily derogatory. And a lot of times these relationship conversations come off as bashing black women. So what you just did was acknowledge part of the struggle as far as how do we got how we got to this point, right? To include like some of the social constructs that were in place that removed the black man from the home. And a lot of these podcasts though and these relationship conversations don't focus on the they just focus on the result. They don't focus on or and I'm not saying they have to focus on, but it seems like they neglect to understand the piece of how we got here. And I think that's because it's more towards that marketability as far as it's more marketable to bash black women. It's more marketable to identify and say that this is the, everything that ails the community as at least as it pertains to relationship is because of black women, right? And I will acknowledge that I understand your, your analogies and simply because when we talked about, remember doing the whole Black Lives Matter and how people were using the analogy like if this house is on fire and the house next to it isn't on fire, then why are we focusing on the house that isn't on fire when we need to focus on the house that's on fire? But I think our fire is in the community itself, right? I think our community when it comes to relationship is on fire. And so which brings me to my next question. And um, I understand why you both feel that we should focus on the on women and but what are the areas that men and women can improve upon? Like you mentioned earlier, Kevin Samuels talked about the areas for men, but it didn't pop, right? It didn't take off as much as it did once he switched to women. And so what areas can we improve upon? Because in my personal opinion, the community is on fire, not just black women, not just black men. It's the community, us as a whole. See, that's go ahead, Jay, man. Go so ahead. the first thing we can improve upon is we can stop this practice that some women have of when you point out an area for growth, they immediately try to find an area where you can grow. Like they can't have the conversation about their own like need their own shortcomings and where like they need to tune up without going. But you did that da, da 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 da. Well, okay, we can talk about like my side of it, 
but until we're it's like solving an equation in math right until you work that until you work that left side right and get it where it needs to be there's no point in going to the right side because you're still gonna have to work the left side right so i think that's one of the things i think the other thing is i'm gonna start with women but i'll, I'll go back to the men i think women do have going to what nick said i think women you all have a lot of power but i think your your power is misplaced women set the standard of what they will accept for mate for mating you know what i'm saying uh if you don't believe me you can look musically when tlc had scrubs right or or uh, uh salt and pepper it had the roughneck thing or whatever whatever and people would listen to these songs and part of them whether they will admit it or not was was on a little checklist like oh that's not me i'm not hanging out the path this side nobody's ride i got my own ride i got this i got that so women are in a position to dictate the terms of who can engage them and how that person who engages them has to present themselves right they're complete control of that and so I think that's some that's a, that's the power that they're never talking about, and that's the one power that's there, no matter what structure you come upon—the traditional or this modern, right? I think so. I think that's two things, and, and I won't. There's a third one, but I'm pretty sure Nick's going to say it, so I'm not going to leave it off. I'm going to switch over to the dudes. Um, for men, I think. Wait, before you switch over to yeah. the dudes, let's go ahead and focus on the women, and okay. then switch over to the guys. So. So I'm a I'm gonna say this third one is, since I wasn't gonna leave it for Nick, but I'll go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Um, and I kind of hit it on in the first place. Um, women have to reach a point where they're honest enough about themselves and secure enough in who they are that they can hear something about them that is not inherently praising them or what they may initially deem as positive and not feel like someone's trying to tear them down. You know what I mean? If I bring a contractor to my house and he points out that I got a crack or something that my foundation is shifting, he's not trying to tell me my house is crappy. He's just trying to show me something that my house can be beautiful, well-decorated, it can be whatever. But he's like, look, this is an area that needs some worth, some growth, some, some development. Unfortunately, we oftentimes when we try to have these conversations with women, it's an attack. And I don't know if it's because the man has not officially solidified himself in that woman's life as someone who is speaking from a place of love that she can trust, or if the woman, in, in fact, is just so traumatized by the judgment that she receives every day from other women and the media that she's extra sensitive and just isn't in a place where she can hear. But that's something that's probably we worked on too. Nick, go ahead. So since Jay stole what I was about to say, I'll just play this now. I thought I, thought I did. I feel like when you start with that and you lead with that, it then makes people get defensive and they don't even hear the rest of it. I know when I first listened to it, I was like, oh God, this is going to be another one of those conversations where like someone's telling me as a woman, by the time you get this age, your life is over. And mm. you know, when you're trying to figure things out and you're like, I'm 31 years old, right? Like mm. I'm recently out of a very long relationship. You know, as a woman, as a black woman, right? Especially working in the space that I work in, I might not get that that other chance. Like I gotta do it right the first time. So I wanna just go back actually to your first point, Lauren, which I think you are conceding that you had a reaction to my commentary that was so visceral in nature that you actually shut down your listening comprehension skills. Mm. Yeah. You said that. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so so because of that though, right, I'm not gonna sit in a posture of ownership because you made a choice to be limited in the way in which you received and processed the information. 
So, so I think that was kind of one of the points that Jay was making that kind of stole my point a little bit in regards to being able to take in information and not respond so emotionally and viscerally that it no longer serves you. Um, I want to go back, though, for a quick second, because I feel like one thing I didn't mention before was for a very long time, we have heard about how men need to show up. Got to have a J-O. I remember watching... Eddie Murphy on, I forgot what it was, and he was, I guess, quoting a Janet Jackson song, gotta have a J-O-B if you want to be with me. Like, the messages of how men have, you know, are supposed to show up have been out there for quite a long time. It hasn't really deviated that much, to be honest, right? So, so I think now that we're in a social media age where women have had a 40-plus-year head start in popular culture telling men about what they need to do and how they need to show up. And finally, for the past few years, you're hearing men say, oh, yeah, well, here's some ways that you need to show up better. And it's like, I think that's what we're not taking into account. It may seem like a lot of the conversation is happening now because if you're only looking at it within the last few years, I get you. But if you look at it over the course of 40 years, I think the uh, the Eddie Murphy piece came out in the early 80s, right? So that's at least 40 years since he sang that song. And some of his messages were about how men need to show up being providers or at least financially being able to do X, Y, and Z, right? So I don't think that it's that disproportionate when you look at it from a, a zoom out view, right? But to answer your question in regards to, uh, I guess, whatever meat le Jay left off on the bone in regards to what women need to do, right? Disclaimer. Um, I don't know if it's if it's a pause there or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Please but pause. It's, it's just like, I mean, you know, but I think at the end of the day, like, I think women just got to... Honestly, I don't even think there's really much that women can do. Because at this point, I'm really wondering if women can tap into their logic and, and tap out of their emotions some, right? Because I think, to be honest, like this information is not new. Nothing that we're saying has not been out there, right? We just saw two women have an exchange. And even that woman recognized what was happening in that exchange, right? So if you can't, if you can't engage while being able to keep your emotions in check, long enough to to take in the information and discern whether or not it um it serves you <laughs> i don't know what else there is to do like once that barrier is there there is nothing else that can happen from that point like if we can't even have a conversation right i think men do a pretty decent job when if some if a woman said hey nick you know what to get that girl maybe you want to call her sometime maybe show up with some flowers guess what i'm gonna do i'm gonna call her sometime i'm gonna show up with some flowers right people give me advice i'm open to it I just don't know that the women who are not open to it, if you can make them open to it, you know what I'm saying? And so to Jay's point, how you break past that barrier to say, hey, I'm not coming at you as a whole person. I'm merely pointing out areas that I think could benefit you and serve you towards your goals. And if you can't even, I'll, I'll land with this, right? I, I, I remember I went to a wedding and I was trying to have a conversation with my little sister. It was the most general conversation. We was talking about different things. But she got to the point where she could no longer hear me and shut down in the conversation. It, it, it was about, like, I think the history of the perception of HIV or something like that, right? But old, those of us who are old, old enough to remember, we remember the perception where it was a gay thing, right? Over time it evolved, yada, yada, yada. That was like the major point. But she was so connected in allyship with her LGBTQ plus IA community or whatever that anything that she deemed is like, ah, 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 
she shut down completely, bro. And we were no longer able to have the conversation. We are just in a space now where we're just no longer really able to have the conversation. And I think that's really at the heart of the problem. You know what I'm saying? I think men have been willing. We have heard for a very long time how we have fallen short. But every time it seems like in this public discourse where we try to do have that conversation the other way, it's like Stonewall, you know, no, you're being sassy. Like all the deflection techniques. I think Kevin Samuels even had like a whole acronym for how women respond. Shame, guilt, something, something, something. So that's why I think just to bring it back to the whole point, that's why we got to talk to y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's why we have to talk to y'all because it takes two people to talk, right? And it also takes two people to listen. And if it's not both parties, then it's a worthless conversation. And I think men show up to listen more than women do. You know what I'm saying? Just keep it so, up. Go ahead. So I think that, um, one, women do lead defensively, right? And so you talked about how men were having, uh, we've been addressing men for apparently 40 plus years, right? And, um, but I think that part of that conversation was a recognizing, was recognizing what brought men, particularly black men to this particular point, right? Why they couldn't be the providers, why they couldn't be the protectors and so forth. Whereas that recognition doesn't necessarily occur on the woman side, as far as black women, how we got to where we are today. And I think that's part of the reason why people automatically go into the defensive mode because they feel a lot of black women felt like, oh, I had no choice. And I'm not saying that they didn't have a choice or they did have a choice. It's just recognizing how we got to this point is never taken consideration. So I agree that part of the conversation that needs to be had and that we do need to approve upon is listening for understanding, listening for comprehension, listening for the purpose and recognizing that it's not just the critique and criticism is constructive is just it may not be presented in the manner that we're that we want it in and because it's not presented in a manner that we want it in then all of a sudden we have a tendency to shut down we have a tendency to look away because we were already moving from a defensive posture and so that's definitely the communication piece is an area that we could approve upon i want to go a little bit further and i probably shouldn't but i'm gonna do it anyway uh, because there's this idea that at the heart of this is feminism, because in the uh, in the in the in the in the motive of building up women, right? Which I'm all for, you know. what I'm saying, you know, you know, get your crown on, sis. I'm up with all that. And in, in that, somehow it became where you know this big word that popped up in the last few years is narcissist. There's articles about it. Everybody's talking about who's a narcissist. This person's a narcissist. Feminine, feminism has cast a great deal of women in the role of a reluctant or, or unknowing narcissist, right? In the sense that, uh, and I heard somebody say this on, on, on social media, I think, um, bad decisions are championed as your choice, right? Oh, you're being, you know, you want, you want to do a sex tape? Right, and put it out there so your kids can see it in 30 years. Girl, that's just you making your own decisions, being yourself. You know what I'm saying? Da, 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 da. Y'all don't judge her. Y'all stop trying to put her in the box. Don't slut shame her. Right? So there's this idea that as, as the goal was to, to build women and to support them and reaffirm them, we just started reaffirming everything. And not only did we reaffirm everything, somehow we came to the conclusion that anybody who doesn't co-sign this everything that we're reaffirming is somehow now trying to tear women down, right? As opposed to the person that comes along and goes, listen, I've been building for a while and that, that structure you got right there, 
it's not going to support the weight once you really start moving stuff in, right? You're not trash talking the builder. You're not even trash talking what they built. But you're saying, I have, I know what your, what your goal is and the way you're building isn't conducive for the goal and use that you have in mind. It may look like the structure you want, but it's not built right. But when you come nowadays, a lot of times, even as I'm saying this, there's a woman watching this right now who stopped listening to me the moment I mentioned feminism because she was like, oh, here they go again. There, we have to get to a place individually and collectively, okay, where we know ourselves well enough and we're honest with ourselves and our shortcomings. That we can have those conversations and that everything isn't seen and deemed an attack simply because we're operating from insecurity. Because that's really what it is. But it's it only when you're insecure that everything is an attack. That's a fact. And no, I agree with a lot of what you just said, if not all of it, Jay. Uh, and it, it, to me, I think at some point you have to recognize what's happening and then now you're responsible to change it. So if you recognize that I get triggered by certain things, does that then that makes you responsible to get the help necessary so that way you can deal with whatever that trigger is, right? Because you should be able to, and it's like we use these terms, and I hate that I just use it myself and I think about it because we'll use terms like gaslighting or triggered, right? As, as like strategy to not be held accountable or to have a real conversation, right? So it just becomes really, really difficult for me. Like I typically try to communicate from a place of love because I genuinely want to see people be happy and do better, right? I don't try to approach the conversation mm -hmm. super from a judgmental type of a posture, um, you know, except if I'm kind of kidding around a little bit. But the truth is like I genuinely, especially talking to family and friends and loved ones, but way that people respond emotionally to stuff, you can tell like the work has not been done sometimes that there, there is, there are things, even if it's not work to be done, sometimes admitting the truth about yourself. Yes, I'm overweight. And what, you know, I got to do the work to like, you know, oh, I'm underweight or yes, I have these issues, right? My, my, my credit's not the greatest. Like I think there, matter of fact, I don't know if it was in the clip we played at the top of the show, but I heard a clip on Instagram where it's like, the only way to overcome your limitations is by acknowledging them. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you got to be able to say, okay, these are areas that I need to improve upon. Yeah. And I just kind of feel like it's very difficult. Like, honestly speaking, I have had on Clubhouse a tete-a-tete, -tete, if you will, with a dude, right? But we were able to like have it and then at the end of it conclude and be able to like, you know, tip our cap and keep it moving. Sometimes it's very difficult to kind of get emotionally enmeshed with someone who is triggered, especially with a woman, and for her to still be able to walk away with cooler heads to be able to like still dap it up and keep it moving. There's a certain level of added emotionality, right? That I just think that you can claim it's like, you know, that's just a woman's nature, which is why I was saying, I don't know what you can do about that, but I, I refuse to believe that because I've seen in ways that women are able to control their emotions in certain dynamics and certain environments. So this idea that because it's in a relationship, you're no longer capable of doing that. So the question becomes, is it not being done because women feel like they can get away with it? Like they feel like they don't have to change, right? Because secretly they understand it's about them. Right. We can scream all this like, oh, you know, we're, you know, but the truth is, like, I think sometimes women know how much power they really possess. They'll yield it to their benefit and then play coy and play victim about it when it's not their thing. So it's kind of like it's it's a very difficult. But I will say this in closing. Right. Because you mentioned the guys part. And I do want to mention this to guys because I mentioned this to a couple of friends of mine a couple of days ago. We as men do have to evolve. We absolutely do have to evolve. We may have. Some of us may have become the type of men that our great fathers were, but the women may not be the same, nor may they not want the same thing from you. 
the expectations in their relationship change. I was talking to two good brothers of mine who are doing well and their women's are set up like in the most traditional senses of the word, right? But those women still have issues. There's still dynamics, right? It's You know what I'm saying? Like, And so what I told them was, as men, we have to evolve emotionally. Like we have to be tapped in a little bit better to just how the times have changed. We can't think that just because I provide, that's enough now. Nah, bro, you're better off going 50-50, right? And being enmeshed in that way because it keeps you more tapped in than to think that, oh, because you pay the bills, it's going to be all good because for her, that may not be enough, right? So I think men do have to evolve 1,000%. Um, we also have to learn to better communicate, right? But even that is sometimes met with challenges. So now we have to learn the added tool of how to de-escalate conversations because now that men are talking, women aren't used to that. They want the emotional intelligence of the conversation, but they don't want the blowback if any of it has to do with what they're doing or not doing. And so now it becomes another layer of an issue of that man saying, hey, you wanted me to talk to you about my issues and how I'm feeling. And now that I have, we're at a stalemate because you're mad at me because you got in your feelings about what I could communicated and now I had to learn a new skill of how to make up for that part of the conversation and the communication. So yeah, our job is cut out for us as men, but I think we're cut out for it. So there you go, SM. Hopefully it serves as like least of decent feedback towards men. You know what I'm saying? So what are your thoughts on that? So uh, I actually want to make a real quick point between feminism and black fem uh, feminism. So Jay, when you talked about feminism earlier, um, there was a, a moment of confusion within the black community where black feminism and feminism themselves got conflated. Um, and so part of that was because of how feminism continued to evolve, whereas black feminism actually focused on the family, by the way. There were actually like three to four tenets under black feminism. But because some of our civil rights leaders took on um, took on the feminist cause as far as the overall feminist cause, it ended up being somewhat conflated and confused. And that's why you have a lot of people who talk about feminism. They're actually referring to white feminism versus what is actually black feminism. Um, however, because of that confusion, we do have this. I just want to make that, uh, that point really quickly that there is a, another form of feminism that we actually don't tend to recognize because there's there's not a lot of people within our community who's aware of black feminism because of the conflation with white feminism um, and the impact that it had thanks to some of our mm -hmm. leaders taking on that role as well within their movement. But um, I wanted to get your opinion as well in regards to what can men approve upon and because I agree with Nick that it is about the emotional intelligence and the evolving and the evolution of men as well. And I, but on that same token, women being able to receive that, it goes back to that comprehension and being able to receive that information and being able to modify and adjust accordingly based on the information that's received. I also agree with the, the roles as far as the traditional gender roles, like there are things that traditional women, because if you haven't noticed, there's been a lot of um, Instagram postings and so forth and social media postings about stay-at-home moms and how they're now divorcing because the guy, while he was a tra traditional breadwinner, he didn't come home to help. He didn't come home to give her a break. It was like, oh, I'm going to look out for the kids for you. And it's like, well, no, you're looking out the kids for us, not just me. It's our kids or how we have, oh, the father's babysitting and so forth. So I agree with that. Um, Jess, what are your uh, thoughts? Yeah. So my advice to men is to be more intentional. Um, I think men, more men should date with purpose. 
uh, in the sense, uh, not saying that, you know, when women say, they you know, date with purpose, I mean, I'm dating, looking for somebody to marry in the next six to 12 months. But I think men should date with purpose in the sense that understand what the what what a woman is for. OK, women are incredibly brilliant uh, sources of power, both um, naturally, emotionally, spiritually, all all they're, they're these huge cells of power. And so when you're looking for a woman, right, I didn't say looking for a nut. I said when you're looking for a woman, right then you're looking for a woman based upon who you know yourself to be, what you know your needs to be as a man, and then what you know your purpose to be as a man, right? And you should only be really dealing and investing the time with the women for that. Now, I understand people still want to get nuts or whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But here's why I say that. I think I quoted it before. Kanye got a line. He says, uh, I don't know what's better, getting laid or getting paid. I just know when I'm chasing one, the other's getting away. Right. So you can be about your paper and your plan and your purpose, or you can buy the pussy, but you can rarely be about both at the same time. And you will find like Ebony K even admitted, right. The more you climb and the more you grow and the more you build, there will always be a woman who is willing to be the person on your arm. Right. And even then you're going to ask yourself the first question, which was that I, that I brought to, which was, how does this person align with my purpose and who I am as a person? So that's the work. That's the first and the last work and everything else, you know, for will fall into place. So that's, that's what I think we aren't doing as men. Right now, men are, are trying to pursue the bag and then trying to pick up women as an accessory for the poos or for whatever. And you, you, your energy is divided. Get to know who you are. Get to know what you really need what, in a partner. Right. And then you'll find that. And because when you find the right one, then you're not fighting at home. You're not fighting your relationship. You just, and you're only fighting the world. Right. You'll find a chick that making her happy is easy for you. It's like breathing. It's, it's easy. And then you can focus on other stuff. That's my advice to me. I mean, I'll just. So, oh, actually, before I forget, SNN, you're saying like, I think when we talked about feminism, how I've heard people talk about it, they do talk about how we got here, right? So you were mentioning earlier that we don't always talk about how we got here from the women's perspective. I know at my time on Clubhouse, men were some of the first people to bring up how women got caught up with the other version of feminism, right? And how they, um, you know, kind of leaned into that part of it. Also talk about like the welfare situation and how it kept men out the home. So I do hear people talking about how we got to this. And then also the city or culture that we live in, the music that we the listen to, the outfits that we wear, the, the you know, inf social media perspective. So I do hear a lot of conversations about how we get here. I think what happens is, is that because we don't see danger in the conversation. You remember how we used to be on Clubhouse, you would hear some of the same people having some of the same conversations, right? The rhetoric stayed the same no matter what. That gets really frustrating, right? Because it's like, did you not grow at all? Like you have been a part of enough conversations, you've been exposed to enough information that you should have had some growth by now. And that's what a lot of this feels like, right? In terms of when we're talking about like men and women, but I think it feels that way, especially when we're talking about women, right? Just in the sense, like the clip I play, like women being able to, to hear the criticism. Um, but the point about men, I think Jay already kind of, you know, piggybacked on it. So I think, you know, just there's, there is work for us to do as men. I will also say, though, like the model of what has been expected from us is changing. 
like we talked about in the pre-meeting and hopefully we'll be able to do uh, a show about this too, but the cost of living is crazy right now, right? So even if a man is desirous of wanting to be that breadwinner, right? How many men can even afford to do that, right? In today's economy, right? But should that person not get marriage? Like I, I, I got to push back a little bit on this purpose conversation because I hate to break it to y'all. There's a lot of people who will never find their purpose. There's a lot of people who will not live a life that is purposeful. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are just going through life. I hate to say that it's sad. And I know that we want that for more people, but do you think the person who dies cleaning the, the 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 old people's latrines at the at the old folks home like you think that was they woke up with that purpose you think a majority of people i hate to break it to you are not living in their purpose nor will they right but what i'm but that doesn't mean that those people uh, or or are not in are, cannot find love and find a relationship and try to build should they just be about casual sex I mean, if they can't really afford it, probably not. But in terms of the journey of searching for love and affection, I think that's an endeavor that's worthwhile regardless of where you are in life, especially if you can find somebody to rock with you at that level, because if we're also talking about building, right? And this little quick clip, because Ebony K, she's my boo today with all the ways that she has just made me feel so good about myself. Yeah, you're a but, fan. But but I'm, I'm listen. I'm gonna give people credit when credit is right, right? Because what she did mention, I think Jay said this earlier, and I agree with it, is her advice towards young people. And I think there is something to the fact that she's talking to young people because I've noticed, and I'm sure you've probably heard this too. I've heard of like dating czars say that they stop working with certain groups because it's no longer worth it for them. They try to tell the women or the men that within like their, their clientele base and they're like, why am I going to do it? So my point is, there's a reason why I think people are starting to speak more towards younger people than people past a certain age because I think they feel like they're too far gone. Like I can't reach them. Like they're already like stuck in their ways they don't want to make any changes so it does make sense for her to talk to young people and i think even when we would have our rooms and we would talk about solutions oftentimes it was like geared towards young people because they're the future but i want to play this quick, um, quick clip and then um, we can kind of i guess wrap it up a little bit this is i'm um, bringing it full circle why is it that women um, seem to be the target audience for some of this feedback here's ebony k talking to young women as well and how they should move if they have a certain desire so here's my advice. If you are a young black woman in college and you know in your heart and in your head that you want to prioritize family, I suggest that you simultaneously pursue that MRS degree right along with that BA or JD. Because a handful of black college age men that actually do desire to get married soon and they do share that value system and family is a priority for them too. Y'all, that is an incredibly small pool and it's shrinking as you get older. And by the time you reach my age, 40, you will be faced with different choices relating to life partnership and motherhood. Oh, that last part was her reiterating how right I was. But the first part was suggesting that young people, Jay, you might be on mute. The, the first part was suggesting that young women, you know, who are looking at, you know, in college, they should also look at getting their MRS degrees. And I would also say to young men, listen, I got married um, pretty uh, not too far after college, right? But I met her in college, right? And I think college is a great place for people to meet. Mm -hmm. Now I get it. They've said, oh, you're not fully formed until you're 25. But like people were having families by the time they left their teens about 50 years ago. But I guess times have changed. My point is I do think that college is a great place for both men and women. Fellas, you're, you're, you, wanna, you talk about finding women at probably like their 
best, you know, like the their, their prime years, low key, right? The beginning of their prime, and and the same thing for 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 women. And you guys can build something together. And and here's the thing: even if you get married and you do divorce in twenty years, I, I gotta say this: we act like those people sometimes didn't have at least a good fifteen at those twenty. Facts. Just because it didn't end up in happily ever after doesn't mean they didn't build wealth together. Doesn't mean they didn't have a family together. Doesn't mean they didn't raise kids together. Doesn't mean they didn't have great experiences together, right? I get it. There's no guarantee that, oh, if you get married at this age, it's going to work out at this age. But what I will say, though, is that if at least you find somebody in your early 20s that you can build with, make mistakes with, and grow with, then shit, if you do end up getting divorced by 40-something, you're going to have some money in your pockets, kids going to be down there out the fucking hole, and you got a whole second chapter to be out here, get your cougar on, okay? <laughs> like, you feel right. me? So I agree with Ebony K on that one. I got to admit when the sister is right, and she's absolutely right about this one. <laughs> Go ahead, make sure you like and follow her on her page too. You know, yeah. um, like liking and following our page. No, yeah. I'm, I'm saying you. She's I'm talking to you, Nick. Because do what? <laughs> she was telling you to go like, subscribe, uh, Ebony K. But uh, yeah, to those uh, of y'all listening, needs leadership. Don't even do that. Apparently, she's the one that needs leadership. I'm right here, boo. Okay, like <laughs> and subscribe to my page personally. In right. addition to the BLC pod. Stop. Matter of fact. Somebody tag her. One of y'all watching this, tag her. Oh my God, her in that's this, hilarious. So, so she that can get on. <laughs> we about to get all the smoke I see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to end it on, this, on, 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 a, on a more heavier note, though. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Jess. Ahead. Do you mind if I interrupt for one brief nah, second before ahead. you bring it to this? Um, so, thoughts? We about to, yeah, that's what I was ready to say. I was yeah, like, can, can I get a final that? thought real quick? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> and so, um, I, so for those who don't know me, I actually got married in college, right? I was a sophomore. Um, I think I was a sophomore. I don't know. I've been married for so long. No, I'm just kidding. But I was a sophomore when I right. got married in college. And um, I'm a big fan of women finding their spouses in college because you're already amongst like-minded people. You're already amongst somebody who has goals. And I'm a big fan of building. And I think something that's lacking in our community is the ability to build together right now. We're so busy being individuals, especially as women, since we were taught that whole strong, independent Black woman narrative that, and so we're thinking we can move forward without recognizing that we can still be a form of independent Black woman, whatever's clever, while still engaged in a relationship because it's called interdependence. And so, so often we lose that piece and we can build while in college. So I don't think there was anything wrong with her stating, and I say this because I got married in college too, still married, been married for over 20 years. And um, so you can't find the person in your mate in college. Some folks even find them in high school, but the point is that you can build together. I also, want to, I also think that one of the areas that we didn't address was honesty. So we talked about communication. We talked about how um, the ability to receive communication, the ability to have emotional intelligence and grow, evolve and develop on both sides for the most part. And But we didn't talk about as part of that is that honesty, being honest with yourself, being honest with your intentions. And that's for men and women. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with our intentions. And I think we can move forward in our relationships if but it starts with us, right? It starts within self. And if you if you don't have the ability to be honest, like for example, how Drea was like, you can delete your wholeness, right? And but depending on how you delete and forgive or forget or whatever the case may be, then you may not be honest with yourself, right? You may not be honest with your growth and your development. So honesty needs to be a part of this conversation as well. And I'll land there. 
just I think, might. I think, hold on, before we get, because I know we're doing final final takes, so I'll yeah, pass it to Jay. Thoughts, he can do no, his no, final no, takes yeah. and then go right to his I did my final thought last. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, gotcha. So listen, I just want to be clear about the main topic, right? <clears throat> uh, I think women should be flattered that the conversation is about them and around them um because it just shows the level of importance that the people having the conversation right have for them right it's one it's all about perspective right so you can look at it as a dig but it's like first of all look at how many people are thinking about you right and i, I would also go a step further and say that i think some people mean well meaning that they want to see you do well right so when you have these conversations i know there's a lot of people who do it quickly and and tastefully or tastelessly but mm-hmm. I think the conversation does need to be around women. I honestly, it needs to be both, but I honestly think it does need to be geared towards women because I think women are that powerful. You know, I, I, this idea of men in leadership, but sometimes being a leader is understanding who's the best person for a particular situation. It doesn't mean that I always have to be the best person. Sometimes being a leader says, you know what? I recognize that this person has a better chance. Like imagine being a leader on a basketball team, right? You might be the aging star, but that person has that go-to shot or that person has that ability to get you what you need. Do you decide that you got to take the shot because you're the leader or do you devise a place that that person can help your team win? And to your point, SNM, if it's a community thing, then it does require that level of team thinking, Right. And in terms of, you know what, I accept my role. I got to go and do this part. No problem. I think that's also part of the problem, too. As we're redefining roles, people don't know what their roles are anymore. They think that if I'm a man, my role is to provide. If I'm only making 60, I cannot do that. How do I then find value? Right. And then, of course, we're hearing, well, broke boys deserve no. Right. So there's a lot of that going on right now. I just think we have to be able to have conversations without getting emotionally distracted from what needs to be communicated. Um, Chew the meat, spit the bone, right? And work towards common solutions. But I will say that I think women are the ones that should get a little bit more attention for the reasons that I stated above. So I just hope that women out here know that I love you. And um, it's nothing but tough love when it comes that way, okay? Mixed love to women's, okay? All right, go ahead, Jay. Yeah, so... um... So yeah, definitely coming from a place of love. Um, I, I love women. I love all sorts of women. Um, anyway, uh, so but um, the point I want to make is going back to what SM said about honesty. Um, one of the things I think that I would like to help are two things that I didn't say that I wanted to hit up before we were done. Two things I think need to be removed from how we're how we're navigating. The first is this idea of triggered. This this idea that that a person can say or do something that causes the individual to respond in a way that they have lost control over and they're triggered and now it's the other person's fault is so immature and it's so like displacing of the of of the accountability and of your goddess power right right a god is the highest form of being a goddess is a female is a female god if we out here believing we little g's and little little goddesses then how could you act like an animal, right? Animals are triggered. Animals have instinctive, instinctive responses. They, they can't, they don't justify or think through and they just, it's just what happens. We're not that, right? We're not beasts, we're elevated. So if you're gonna be elevated, be elevated. Stop claiming you triggered. You weren't triggered, you were mad and, 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 and found a word that allows you to act however you wanna act and then blame the other person because they made you act that way. And that's, that's not valid. It's not valid. It's not mature. And it doesn't lead to healthy relationships, right? Because then it, it takes it takes communication off the table because you can't really have open communication for fear you're going to trigger somebody, right? 
Now, on the issue of open communication, women and men do this, but women do it the most, right? Stop trying to get somebody to fall in love with you before you tell them the things that you think gonna make them leave you. That is not a good strategy, okay? It's not, it's baby switch, it's a different kind of catfishing. The best thing you can do, men and women, right? When you're dating somebody, is put your ugly shit out there. Tell them the stuff about you that you have realized about you that you know is not gonna change, right? And be like, yo, this is where I'm at. This is what, this is what kind of time I'm on. My wife said something to me when we were first dating. It stuck with me. It's one of the reasons I chose her. She said, say what you mean to mean what you say. That wasn't new to me. But then she said, you never know. The other person might be down for it. They might be on the same kind of time you on, and they haven't met anybody else who was on that kind of time. So just say what it is you're about. Know what you're about. Say what you're about. Because it's better to be alone than to be with somebody who doesn't allow you to move as the being you were created to be. So find out who you're supposed to be and then stand on that and tell the person, this is who I am, because somebody going to rock with you. And the person who rocks with you, when you have owned who you are, good, bad, and in between, that's the one you want. That's the one you get to keep. Everybody else is a space filler, and they're wasting your time, and you're wasting theirs. Thanks. So that's my two cents on that, my final thought. Um, we didn't talk about this earlier in the show, because, you know, we talk, mostly we talk about things that are important but they are not life and death. Um, uh, recently, um, there was um, uh, an article that came out about the alarming number of children missing in Ohio. Uh, it's already up to a thousand this year and we got three, three months to go about or whatever. Uh, there was like, I don't know, maybe like 50 or something just last month that went missing. And, and the response to this from the authorities has been not great. Do we have a clip of that, Nick, what the guy said? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We'll go ahead and play a clip. Yeah. Hold on. You know, I've been having conversations with officials in the greater Cleveland area, and they're saying there's not one particular factor here. There's a couple of different contributing factors to these numbers. One, you think September, uh, this is the return to school. So that is playing a part in this. We know the warmer weather in the summer, that is also playing a part. The big thing and the big trends that you're seeing here is that the vast majority of these cases involve people who are leaving intentionally, kids who are running away, essentially. And officials there also say that the vast majority are found and returned to their parents. Yeah, so thanks for that, Nick. I'm going to say this and I'm going to open up for you guys. I, I am alarmed and I, and I would encourage all of us to be alarmed. It doesn't even matter, yo, if these are black kids or white kids or Hispanic kids. It doesn't matter, right? I know this is Black Lives Chatter and of course we have concern for our, our black youth, but, the, we have, but youth are our future. Right. And, and maybe it's, I'm, it's, I'm passionate about this as a former educator, a current educator, actually. But Lord knows I want to leave teaching. Anyway, um, the reason they're giving is, is it, it doesn't hold for me. It's a lot of fluff. It's a lot of nothing. We need more attention on this. The story first came out in May um, and it, it got a lot of attention. Um, Fox News, some other places were talking about it. Then it died down. And then the mayor tried to recouch this because he was concerned that, that they were getting labeled as the child trafficking center of America. And so because of the PR that he didn't like from it, he chose to re-spin this as, oh, kids are running away or kids are doing that and this and this and that. None of the reasons he gave to me, they're not, they don't make any sense. Play it again, run it, run this back and listen to it again. 
you know, it's September. What's the guy doing anything? It's hot. What's the guy doing anything? It's, um, and he's like, oh, there are a vast majority are runaways. Excuse me, they're still missing. So unless you uh, have found them and asked them why they went missing, how can you call them runaways? It's dismissive. Mm -hmm. It's like a parent who's missing their child. And the first thing the cops tell you is, well, did they run away? Look, man, look, I need you to help find these kids. We'll figure out why they gone after they gone. But can we please, please find the children? What are your thoughts? So I agree. I actually found it. Um, I was actually offended by the clip as in what's been happening because later on they went on to say, I think just a day ago, they released another article that stated that this was not a serial abductor situation. And my question is, how do you know if it's not a serial abductor that there's some, one person who's kidnapping kids uh, or if one person kidnapped multiple kids? Because we already know that child predators technically don't stop with just one kid. And so for them to come out with all the things that is not, and these kids are still missing, is concerning. And the full dismissal, let's be honest, we know that the majority of the kids were black and brown. And so, and that's another justification almost for them to almost dismiss the situation. I was even offended, and I shouldn't be, but I was even offended by the fact they put a black face on the person to give out all these bullshit reasons on why they could have been missing. And okay. so it's just... So for our community, when we see something like this, then we actually need to be take um, take action as well. Even if you don't live in the area, there's things that you can do to promote and raise awareness, right? Sharing the clip or sharing the Black Lives Chatter podcast about it or whatever the case may be. There are things that you can do. And then if you're in a community, if you see something as simple as it sounds, as much as we hate certain things, if you see something and it doesn't look right, then say something. And even if that say something is to the police or if that say something is to the person right next to you and you guys, I'm not saying you guys go out and be private eyes and detectives and whatnot, but sometimes you can see something that can bring somebody home. There's, there's things that we can do to raise awareness. If you're on your social media, share the information, share the kids' names, share their faces. And because we don't have the luxury of having full out Amber Alerts to go across the country for our kids. So we need to be those Amber Alerts, those Daquan Alerts, those Shanae's alert Alerts for our kids, right? Let us take that on. Yeah, no, I think um, <clears throat> you guys kind of touched on it. Uh, mm. So I guess it just depends on the information, right? Uh, I think as a proxy for how black and brown kids are missing and people don't care as much as a proxy for how we need to be more community minded and engaged. Um, if you see something, say something. We've heard stories about guys having kids and like in their basements or some shit or whatever. And that's crazy. Right. So I do think that I think off of GP that goes without saying that by and large, when we think about missing kids and, and all those different things, like we need to, step up as a community and do better to protect our children um, as a community, right? But oftentimes people are just kind of in their own spaces and silos and whatnot. Um, now, this is where I'm kind of ignorant to certain parts of the story, because I guess the first question that I had as I was watching it again, I was like, how were they reported missing, right? Um, was it a, a matter of the parents reporting them missing? Um, when Jay, you asked whether September had to do with anything, I guess I was curious as to was there like, 
spring and then like they're they're doing roles and they're saying that X amount of kids aren't showing up to schools, right? I think that was the first question that I had, like in terms of them missing. Cause I think that's when you said the September thing, I think about school starting in some places around that time. So I don't know if that was part of it or you mentioned May and I think school kind of ends around that time. I'm not exactly sure. The other, because I've also, and even like with the story that we did last week, I don't know if you guys noticed, I was very careful to say anything definitive or, you know, try to come across a certain type of way because there was information that I did not know um, about that situation. So the same thing here in the sense that, like I said, as a proxy for being able to talk about how we do show up missing and people don't really care and law enforcement is not going to be as vigilant as if it was a white girl. I think all those things are 1000% on point and we do need to speak up about that happening. I just have a little bit of hesitation in terms of um, where does this information coming from? Uh, what's the connection to potential? Like you mentioned trial uh, trafficking, right? I think SNM, you mentioned that. So pardon my ignorance for not seeing the full story in terms of how those things relate. Um, but I just tend to be a little bit uh, hesitant um, when it comes to social media stuff. So just trying to split the, uh, you know, <laughs> walk that line in, in the best way that I possibly can. So you're straddling the fence. It's not really straddling the fence. It's just that I don't always believe. That's like, yeah, because sometimes yeah. some of these stories be some bullshit. And sometimes like we just be, you know. You went on mute. You just muted yourself, sir. Oh, no, I, yeah. No, I was, it's damn that. Um, no, I'm just saying I've been burnt before by going in, you know, headstrong head into a particular situation without information. So I just, you know, tend to be a little bit of gun shy before I just automatically assume a thing. So, yeah, you so know, that's my I, bad. I, I, I'll wrap with this if you'll let me. Uh, I recently saw, I was on a, one of those social media things. I saw this clip of this girl who arranged to go to somebody's house, some stranger's house. She rode there on a hoverboard. And the, just so happens that the people who were doing the house sting or whatever, it's almost like to catch a predator, but it's like to catch predator bait. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they had uh, the mom, they called the mom over, like, you know, did you know your child? Uh, you know, is out meeting random strangers and the mom, you know, confronts the child, like, how could you do this? Or how, you know, so regardless as to whether the children were, were, were kidnapped into a van or they were lured somewhere, people don't just disappear and children are in no condition to, to care for themselves. And the, someone noticed these children weren't where they should be. And I don't, don't think it was the school system because school systems don't really act like that in terms of pronouncing people missing it's a different thing um and i and just there just needs to be some accountability people can't just go missing right because i wouldn't want my loved ones to go missing no matter what their age are mm -hmm. it could be old it could be a child people should not go missing there should be somebody trying to figure out where what is happening and when, the, when people are missing in this mass it suggests organization it suggests intent it suggests something that isn't just um, um, a, a random occurrence. Crime, a random occurrence. Mm -hmm. and, and so what it suggests to me most of all is we do look closer. We don't accept these answers we've been given. And we ask for real answers to these questions of why are these people missing? And why is that a thing now? That's all I'm saying. All right. I mean, I think we got it all in there today. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, indeed. It takes a village. Let's land on it takes a village. Yeah, so yes. be the village. 
it takes a village to get your body count up. Well, with that being said, Johnny, want to thank y'all for tapping in. You could, you could have said it takes a village to like, subscribe, share. You know what I mean? Right. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. And it's less, it's less judgmental to like share and subscribe than it is to add to your body count. With that being said, thank you guys for joining us on yet another episode of Black Lives Chatter the Podcast. You already know what it is. You know what I'm saying? We about to get up out of here. Any last words before we get up out of here? No? All right, then. Hashtag. <laughs> a little music, y'all, before we go. What's up? It's your boy, Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking.